0: Welcome back to the Lawton Cowboys podcast, part of the Lawton Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Elena McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing well. Feeling good after a big win. Have a bye week, so lots of time to reflect on what's happening. And this is kind of the time of week where we start watching the All-22, which this you know for this game is, is a very fun exercise.
0: Yeah, but thank you for NFL Game Pass for not getting the All-22 up yeah. in a timely matter. It's, I had to watch it this morning. But, um, we are going to answer some of your Twitter questions today, and we've got a bunch of really good ones. Uh, I want to start out with this one about Randall Cobb. Uh, someone wants us to, to assess what we think about Randall Cobb through the first half of the season uh I'll, I'll just let you go ahead and start lane what do you think of the Cobb signing so far
1: uh, you know i th- you and I kind of were discussing this before the show and i think the way i would phrase it is good but it could have been great so far you know i, I agree I, yep. I th- it's like i think he's done some good things he's definitely showed us why uh, he was someone they went out and got um the if he some of these other things like it just feels like there's There's been some drops. He's had a couple long passes called back due to penalty or whatever, for whatever reason. Um, You know, if those things kind of had been converted, which, you know, I I understand it's kind of, you know, if, but I think that there are, that's reasonable. Like they were very close to being converted except for someone else's penalty or not hanging on to the ball. I think he could have. We could be going, man. We got an absolute steal in this guy. Uh, you know, he's. I think he would be up there and and you know closer to the top of the league leader in yards for. I mean, just think about. He had like a hundred yards, I think, in mm. penalties taken off of that. Was it the Green Bay game or the Saints game uh, alone? The, Mi- like,
0: the, Mi- the Miami game.
1: Miami game. That's what it was. Yeah, like yep. it's like. I mean, there's just been opportunity for him at times, and either he couldn't come up with the ball uh there's a flag for whatever reason but you know i think he's gone out there and performed pretty well there's been some moments where he's i think lacked some concentration had some drops uh but overall uh, he's been a good signing for sure uh it's i think the negative is that he's been good but we've seen moments where that good have been could should have been converted to great and uh it just didn't get there so i still have hope for for him in the latter part of the season to kind of take it to that next level and really be uh, a fantastic signing, but overall, I would say, yeah, he's been a, he's been a very good signing, and I hope uh, uh, that he even kind of continues to improve the, how that looks as the season goes on.
0: Yeah, I have similar thoughts on Cobb. Um, obviously, I, I've talked about this move for you know a while now. Cobb versus Beasley. I haven't been disappointed with Cobb, but he just hasn't been the same player that we saw earlier in his career, and that's kind of to be expected. He's a 29-year-old slot receiver that's had a bunch of injuries. Uh, I don't don't get too worked up about drops, but you have to make enough plays to kind of overcome those. It's been a little hit or miss so far. It's going to be interesting to see what the Cowboys do with him next year because they signed him to just a one-year deal. Landon, would you be open to, you know, re-signing him at the same deal? Would you want to see what else is out there? Uh, Where do you stand on Randall Cobb's future with the Cowboys?
1: I mean, I think it's very heavily influenced by what's going to happen in the back half of the season. I mean, I think if he finds a way to kind of convert some of the things that uh, he he, uh, would just missed out on that we just talked about, I think you're looking at a situation where re-signing him at his current rate would be an absolute steal next year. Um, but I think as it is right now, you know, he's had some a little bit of inconsistency and, you know, that's not uncommon for someone at his price level, I would say. Uh, but I think if he were to, you know, convert a little bit more, um, and I, and by convert I mean opportunities, not like converting first downs. I mean converting targets and, into catches and, and, and actually finishing a little bit more and, and getting the, the, the long plays that are getting called back. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's an opportunity for him to get re-signed, but I, I also think that he's working against what looks to be a, a pretty good wide receiver class coming out uh, in, in this next draft. So uh, there, you know, and, there, and 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 there will continue to be good wide receiver classes coming out of the draft for a while. So, and I don't know that you necessarily got a guy that is going to take his place as the starter in the. That's dra- what I'm struggling. Yeah, on. I mean. Well, I, I- I think there's likelihood that that he that he could get re-signed, you know, for another one-year deal, and that they still draft a guy high with the idea of like bringing him along uh, as his replacement in what 2021.
0: Yeah, that was my hope for this year. I was hoping that they were going to draft somebody not super high, but in the third or fourth round. That you know, by the time we get to twenty twenty, you don't have to spend you know you don't have to spend any money on cops. Well, John Van uh, Johnson's
1: but, still there. I mean, like I know we just kind of I know we kind of blown, blown him off, yeah. but I mean maybe a year for uh, I mean he has skill set that if he can you know get a year in the system and like even out some of the inconsistency. You know I think he has a skill set to, to to be the guy that can do that you know I, I think they have guys who with a year in the system maybe they can figure that out but I mean I, I think that we kind of have to let the, let the rest of the season play out to see if any of that you know makes his way I mean Cedric Wilson's showing us a little bit of something you know yes yeah, we just kind of have to see the rest of the season I think to see if, if any of these down roster guys develop and pop. Or if we really and, and, and maybe Cobb himself kind of you know gets back in in form and and really Bye, starts showing up, gonna help. yeah, yeah, and so I think th- any of those things, if any of those things help, so I think that likely we'll have a
0: different answer by the end of the season. We're just going to write off Lance Lenore. We're not we're not going to talk about him stealing this job away from Randall Cobb.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> well, I mean, it's that's a yeah, joke. I, I think it's tough for you not to talk about Randall Cobb and
0: Beasley <laughs> at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, what about Noah Brown? That's somebody that we haven't talked about. I obviously don't think he's a slot receiver, but uh, that's kind of somebody we just totally forgot about over the last you know you know half half a year basically because we haven't seen him play in so long. Do we have any hope or expectation for Noah Brown the rest of the season?
1: Yeah, I think he's a different kind of player than what we're talking about, though. I mean, I think he's more right, of a, a role player, a down roster, a special teamer type. I mean, I, I think what you're talking you're looking at is. Is he gonna knock a guy like that, uh, VonTavius Bryant, guy, like off the roster? Because I mean, that's the kind of role
0: that Noah Brown's gonna could give he, you. Could he knock Schultz off the roster? No, you don't think so? Because no, I, I think I, Schultz I, been has super...
1: been. I think Schultz has been one of your best blocking tight ends. Despite, I mean, from what I've seen, I thought he's played well. I
0: mean, at times, did I, you I, see? Did you see the holding penalty he got on him? That was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I'll send you the gif of it later because it, it's it's absolutely atrocious. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll answer some more of your Twitter questions. All right, Landon, some people want to know about the trade de- deadline, so let's just go ahead and talk about that now. Uh, we'll start with Emmanuel Sanders. I've mentioned him before. Alfredo wants to know about him. Uh, it's a- at ASCP. Alfredo wants to know about uh, Sanders. Would you trade a second or third round pick to, to pick him up? What's his what's his number? No, a second or third round pick. No, I wouldn't. I think it's like eight million for the rest of the season. No,
1: I don't think I would.
0: Yeah, that I have a feeling somebody else is going to offer a, a second or a third. I, I don't think Dallas is at a spot to do it. And as much as I like Manny Sanders, that seems a little too expensive. If we're talking about a fourth or fifth rounder running him for the rest of the season, I think that makes sense. But a, a two or three seems too much with this upcoming class. Um, what about the other trades? Is there another spot on this roster you think the Cowboys could use an upgrade? Is there a position that you think they may be hunting for over the next couple of weeks? Uh, potentially
1: defensive tackle. If there's something that's a fit, you know. I mean, just because you lose Crawford, and I think you got by just fine last week, but you know, I just wonder if they they don't think that they might need another body there. Um and, and especially since now you know you kind of want I mean Crawford's position was likely going to be more defensive tackle now that they saw what they had in Quinn, um and so I I think we're going to see Tristan Hill there, you're going to see uh, him behind uh, Malik Collins at the three. I, I think you got a couple guys in Woods and 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 uh, uh, Christian Covington uh, at defense at nose. If there was another you know, kind of talented interior guy that they could get their hands on, like a real difference maker. I wouldn't be surprised if they went that route. Uh, outside of that, I, I, I mean, I think, I think they probably feel pretty good about the way the roster is right now.
0: Yeah, I, I just look at, I'm looking at some of the guys that could be available, and man, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be worth your investment. I mean, the, the one name that stands out to me, uh. Is Damon snacks Harrison from Detroit if, if they want to move on, I know his snaps have gone down a little bit. Uh, I'm just not sure would the Cowboys even want to invest that much money or a pick in a player like Harrison? I don't even know what his number is, but is it that big still? Is he still getting
1: i guess he got, I guess I, I remember Lions signing him to a big deal when the, let me pull it up real quick, but I, yeah, I, I mean it. It, it would have to depend on. I mean it's next year it's 11 oh my it's almost god almost 12 million Yeah, I mean, 2021 that's, that's it's
0: 11 a that's too much money no i mean cuz cuz
1: ultimately what are you getting you i mean you're getting a two down run stuffer guy
0: a 32 year old run sucker
1: yeah that's way too much money there's no way they would pay that money for for that position
0: yeah and that that's what i'm saying there's there's not many guys out there i mean Jonathan Hankins is a guy that i kind of like but he was he's they, at eight they didn't and, want him on when he was on the street so why would they yeah, trade he's, for he's him? Eight, he's eight and a half million right now. That's why there's just not a lot of guys out there that I think are going to be worth trading for. I mean, maybe new England moves on from Danny Shelton. I don't know. Probably not, but it's, it's kind of rough out there for defensive tackles. And that's why you have to reach for players like Tristan Hill in the draft because good ones, especially elite ones just don't come available very often. Um, let's go ahead and move on to a different question. Um, Let's look at uh, you know some of the the Cowboys' injuries that people want to know about Vander Esch and Robert Quinn. Do we expect these two to miss any time or to be ready for the team's Week Nine game against the Giants? I mean, all the indications that I heard
1: post game and and on Monday made it sound like neither w- were a serious injury. I mean, I think if I remember correctly, Quinn actually had to go to the hospital because they couldn't uh, get the look that they needed. From the X ray at the at the at the uh, stadium, but mm-hmm. I, I I don't think like I think he was actually having spasms in his ribs if I remember correctly, and yeah, um,
0: I, it it doesn't sound like it's going to be super, no, something super serious.
1: No, but uh, yeah, that was my point is that it was actually just yeah like uh, that it was they, that was more of a precautionary thing, uh, and I, yeah I I don't think it I, it sounds like he's going to be able to play next week, and the same thing for Leighton Vander Esch sounds like it was a stinger potentially. Um, but he should, be, he should be fine for, for uh, the week after the bye.
0: All right, this next question is about Kellen Moore's offense. He says, has Kellen Moore's offense been figured out or will continue with similar success as we saw in weeks one and three and week seven? Um, I actually have a quick point I want to talk about, Kellen Moore's offense. I think a lot of people are giving Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore too much blame for the Packers game because I thought their game plan in that game was fine. Uh, They just had a bunch of turnovers. If you remember correctly, that first drive of the game, they were marching the ball straight down the field on Green Bay. Uh, The the interception came on a first down pass to Amari Cooper on a play action one. I have no problem with the game plan in the Green Bay one. That was a lot of execution based. Now the Saints game and the Jets one are a little different because those are road games. I thought they got a little too conservative. Uh, I, I understand more in the Jets game why they had to when you talk about uh, Tyron and Lyle being out, and then Amari Cooper getting hurt, and Randall Cobb being out. They were forced to be a little more conservative in that game. The Saints one we can talk about because that's the one a lot of people have a problem with, and I agree there. Uh, but as a whole, through the first seven weeks of the season, I don't think people are going to figure out this Kellamore offense because there's really nothing to figure out, Right. I'll play action works against almost any time, any defense with any offense, because you're just sucking the linebackers up closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, There's still going to be, you know, a run heavy team. I I, I don't feel like this is something that can be figured out. What do you think, Landon? It's not really like that. I mean, it's, I think people talk about figuring it out. It's like, it's not a gimmicky offense. Yeah, I thing. mean
1: this this is a this this offense is extremely talented. Like <laughs> there's talent all over this offense. So, you know, you, you may figure out the 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 trick, but you still got to beat the player, you know? I mean sure. the, 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 the the all the extra like uh uh accoutrement that are added to this offense, it's all just to give these guys even more opportunity to get an extra step on the defenders to get open. But these guys are still you're still having to face Amari Cooper on the outside and you still got to tackle Ezekiel Elliott between the tackles. You still got to figure out a way to not get let, allow any separation on third and short to Jason winton who's been doing it for 15 years. I mean, you know, you still got to defend Dak Prescott and his legs and his arm. You know, I, this this offense has a lot of elements to it that are difficult to defend and and figuring it out is the problem. I'll go even further with the Jets game because it's not even just that the guys were hurt. Again, It's they went into the game, game planning all week for Amari Cooper.
0: That's what it is. And
1: Amari Cooper got hurt three snaps into the game. So, uh, you know, was the game plan after that too conservative? Uh, Absolutely, I agree it was. But at the same time, I I don't envy the the situation, the schematic disadvantage that the Cowboys were put into three snaps into the game once they lost Amari Cooper. Like that that changed the shape and the angles of the game. Uh and Greg Williams, if he can do anything, and the only thing he can probably do is send blitzers. And and that was mm-hmm. a perfect opportunity to send blitzers because the Cowboys had lost the opportunity the opportunity to block those guys with their two starting offensive tackles out, and they had lost their opportunity to make them pay for the blitzes with Cooper out. Uh, and with and with uh 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 Gallup dropping three passes. Uh yeah, and, the other- the Saints game, oh, real, quick, the, the real, the, real quick, the Saints game, uh, you know, look, I, I agree. I think that is the one to me that sticks out as the uh, potentially a bad game plan situation. I, I feel like as far as game planning and, and, and play calling, I uh, overall, I would say mo- in most of these games, I haven't had too much of an issue with. I, 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 w- I like many others, would agree that, that I would hope that they would start throwing the ball a little bit more Uh, uh, on first down, but I'm okay with it because they end up throwing the ball a lot on second down. What, What I can't tolerate, what I won't tolerate anymore, is neutral game scripts where they're running the ball on first and second down. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's not happening a ton. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I think there, the, the amount of play action has fluctuated based on, you know, a, a lot of different factors. I would like for them to continue to keep it high. But no, I don't think that there is like necessarily a figuring out of this offense because even once you've maybe figured out what you quote unquote what's happening, you still got to deal with these players on the outside as long as they're healthy.
0: Yeah, and I think the difference between like the Cowboys and let's say the Rams, who I think some people are starting to believe yeah. you can figure out the Rams' offense is I don't think Dak Prescott is afraid of pressure. I think he can make throws when there's people around him. I don't think he he just towers when he he has some defenders near him like, you know, a certain other quarterback uh, on the West Coast. Yeah, he um, operates off script and and Jared Goff can't operate off script. And that, that's what it is, right? Yeah. And not only that is if Goff doesn't have perfect pressure, he's not the, the type of quarterback that can get outside the pocket and make plays for himself. Dak thrives on that, right? You yep. get Dak moving off the spot, and he's fantastic. Uh, it's why I think they should be pretty hard to defend once they get everybody back healthy and they're getting back into the rhythm of being in this Kalamore offense. Uh, let's take one more quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about a, a potential change on the Cowboys' defense. All right, Landon, um, this one is a good question. Someone asked about H- Kerry Hyder. I-, I thought he looked really good yeah. in uh, the Cowboys' Week 7 game against the Eagles. Do you think the Cowboys should consider playing him more snaps? I mean, obviously Tyron Crawford isn't there anymore. Could you slide him into that role? Um, I mean, I think Kerry Hyder is the natural guy to take over
1: what was once the, the, the – uh, Tyrone Crawford role, the inside-outside, yeah. yep. fifth defensive lineman, fourth defensive lineman, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think uh, I think that's that's his job for sure. And and, and I think, honestly, that there was a chance that this could have been his job next season, too, all along. You know, like mm-hmm. the idea was get him in this year, uh, get At him used to him to
0: do a two-year deal.
1: I, I th- Kind of feel like they did. If I, I remember, I'm gonna, Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, check gonna, that out. But I, I think if you just look at what his skill set is, I mean, he plays the position differently than Crawford does. But, he, again, he is a guy who can thrive on the inside. He is a guy who can thrive on the outside. You love the way he plays. You love the way he, he runs to the football constantly. Um, I, I think that there is uh, uh, a lot to his game that – he does it in a different way than Crawford, but I think he does it just as effectively as Crawford, both inside and outside.
0: Yeah, the Cowboys actually signed him to a one-year, $1 million deal, so it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens with him. My guess is that they're going to want him back because Hyder uh, is from Dallas, the Dallas area. He's playing well. Uh, they don't have to use him a ton. They don't have to give him 40 or 50 snaps for him to be effective. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Cowboys bring him back. And there's a chance maybe they even sign him now rather than waiting to get to free agency. Um, one more quick thing. Uh, Joe Jackson, he played a little bit in last week's game as well. I, I noticed him a few times. Uh, just somebody to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks because you know they do have some injuries. Doran Armstrong is banged up. We'll see about Robert Quinn. Uh, I, I like Joe Jackson. Did you get a chance to see Joe Jackson yet on the L-22 at all?
1: Uh, I, I actually have not watched all the All Twenty Twenty Two yet, so I I haven't, but I will say this, that Joe Jackson was the other guy I was going to mention in that previous conversation because I feel like he's the guy who next year could disrupt that whole plan if he just has an incredible offseason because I think he is the future of that of the inside-outside player uh, uh, for this team. I think I really love the way he plays, and I think he can do both positions. He, to me, actually does kind of look like Tyrone Crawford's starter kid. Yeah, he does. Uh, So I I think he could end up being the the long-term solution at that position.
0: He's the type of player that I always struggle with, the guy that's not super athletic, not super long, uh, but just figures out a way to make plays. And I was surprised when I watched the film this week. Uh, how many times he was able to beat uh, Andre Dillard. Actually, man, he had a couple rushes on Dillard where he just knocked them backwards. And uh, that's pretty impressive. We'll see what his role continues to be as the season goes along. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Leighton at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.